Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Welcome to the show where in no particular order, we tell you everything we fucked up on. Uh-huh. Yeah, we got asked the other day what our uh, biggest flops in regards to launches or products or promotions or whatever that we've had in business and what we would have done differently if we knew then what we know now. Yeah. So we're just going to run through. We made, like legit made a list. <laughs> we made this little checklist of Trello. And I, I do want to start it with this annoying caveat. I don't believe in mistakes. I really don't. Even ones that cost us a lot of money or irritated us or like wasted time or whatever. I truly don't. I am one of those really annoying people. And that's not like, oh, everything happens for a reason. But like you make the choice in that time that is the best of your ability at that time. Yeah. So what we're doing right now is playing a lot of hypotheticals. Hypotheticals do not exist in real life, like in your current life. They only exist in the future. And so like take this with a grain of salt in the sense that I like literally don't regret any of these decisions and I would not do any of them differently because it might mean I end up in a different spot and I like where I am right now. So that's just what I'm going to say to that. I'm also going to say this is our experience and just because something didn't work for us doesn't mean it's not going to work for you. Right. Like we're not saying it as a blanket statement that that strategy or whatever doesn't work. Because honestly, most of these things, we did them because they did work for other people. Right, right. Or we went after something or tried something or pursued something. And it either wasn't the right time, it wasn't the right people, or we made choices to do or not do something. Yeah. So if that is a big enough introduction, let's tell you about that one time. Let's get started. (laughs) That one time we like spent like $15,000 and we really shouldn't have at all. Yeah. And honestly, we've talked about this before, how it's really more than 15,000. It was probably closer to 20. We broke down a lot of this mistake. Like we pieced it apart in episode 190, our $15,000 mistakes. If you want to go back and like truly, truly hear the intricacies of that, you can. I would say this one is the only one for me that's like, I can look back and be like, oh, we probably should have done this thing differently. Or, oh, if we had like taken a little bit more time to decide, maybe we wouldn't have, quote, wasted that money. We did learn a lot of lessons in this mistake. I wouldn't say that I would be happy to pay $15,000 again to learn those same lessons. A lot did come from that. 
And so, but for me, it is one of those ones where I'm like, damn, I wish that one didn't happen, but it is what it is. So I want to go from that. Like, if you want to hear more about that mistake, go listen to episode 190. Like we hired a particular marketing company to set up some funnels for us and they did not get our brand. They did not get how we made money. They did not understand, even though they had a great track record with other companies. So like there weren't a ton of red flags, but I think our gut was telling us it wasn't right, but we did not listen to our gut. But we learned kind of, it was like a twofold mistake learning opportunity for us at that moment. Because during that transition of working with that company, we also moved over to Infusionsoft because we there was like some data we wanted to get out of our subscribers. We thought that like where a company was headed, we needed to be on a really big platform like that so it could do more stuff for us. And it sucked. Spoiler alert. We switched from Infusionsoft to Active Campaign. We recorded a podcast episode about that, which I sh- I should have pulled, but I forgot. I can find it. And then, just so you know, we haven't recorded a follow up, but we really ought to record a po- follow up because we have since left Active Campaign and moved back to ConvertKit, where we will stay and never <laughs> leave again. <laughs> So that's like a whole saga story in and of itself. (laughs) And honestly, here's the thing. We left, like she said, seeking very specific things, which I thought we needed. One. Number two, I do think there might have been some functionality that was lacking when we did leave. Right. But in the year's time that it took us to come for a circle, it all worked out. So we probably could have just held on to our little britches because ConvertKit, I think more than a lot of other companies, I can name a couple that actually do this, that they just truly listen to what their customers need. And if you just wait, like they will work on it and they will make it happen. So we did an episode, episode 218, where we compared ConvertKit versus ActiveCampaign. It's going to be outdated when you listen to it because the features of ConvertKit have changed. But I think what I want to take away from this for you guys to pay attention to, because I see at least 10 times a day, someone posting in some group, hey, I'm thinking about leaving MailChimp and going to ConvertKit or AWeber or ActiveCampaign or this. What do you think? Oh, I'm thinking about moving from this system to that system. We see it on webinar platforms, email service provider platforms, course provider platforms, website hosting platforms, everything. I could I could name you a bajillion post. What I want you to take away from this is that while there are a lot of options for us, and what a great time to be alive, right? Where you get to pick and choose like all of these amazing features for your business. But that also lets you like get hung up on certain features that other platforms don't have that you don't even need. And like, you're not even going to utilize. Well, and you think you're, they're going to make and break your success, right. but they're not. Right. Right. And so like, I think we let that get into our head a little bit where it's like, oh, it's because we don't have these features is why this isn't working in our business. And if you are about to sit here and blame a feature that you're missing in your software because of a lack of result in your business, girl, it's on you. And I say that because like, we should have done that. Yeah. Well, and I think and I compare it to places where we didn't move, where we had the opportunity to move. Yes. And we stayed And I'm so glad we did. For instance, Teachable. Like, 
I've had you a, and I at times we've been scouted and poached from other people. They attempted to poach. Let's right. put it that way. Not a successful poaching. <laughs> We're on the endangered species list. <laughs> but we, you know, we could have changed our course platform at least half a dozen times. Oh, yeah. Because a company wanted us to like grow with them or right. maybe we left our courses the same, but we were we had the opportunity to sell differently, like using a program like Samcart. And this is not to dog any particular no, software because for different people, they work like clockwork. Yeah. But honestly, learning a system and investing that time, it's really hard to get that back. Well, and I'm going to give you guys yet one more example on how we we did this. We moved and then moved back and are kind of like, again, stopping to be distracted by shiny features. So if you guys have heard our story of when we first started webinars in our like first month Ugh. of business and how Ugh. it went like gangbusters for us, right? Well, we used Webinar Jam way back in the day. We invested the five or so hundred dollars annually that it took for that platform, which was not cheap at the time, but it was like all inclusive and it had all of the things that we needed. And then when they launched their EverWebinar program, we also used that to like use some of their evergreening features for a couple of our platforms. Well, then when we were learning how to reset up some automations, there was a different webinar platform that was like recommended better because a feature went away and ever webinar. And then we switched to that one. And then we switched to another one because it stopped working. And then we switched to another one. And it was about three to five months of which freaking webinar platform are we going to use? Because they all have a feature that they're lacking and that we need to like back in kind of band-aid together. So if that's the case, can we just use who we've always used because we know how that one works? And so there's something to say about sticking with a platform that you know, like the back of your hand, that you've been a supporter of for many years. And if there's like one tiny thing that it can't do for you, can you like maneuver it in the back end with like Zapier or some manual operations? Or can you just like suck it up and not get that feature? Yeah, because the lack of a feature, honestly, I'll tell you from the other side. It is not going to change your business. One feature nope. has nope. no play. You selling better, you spending more time with your customers, you like understanding how to communicate, being a better like person. <laughs> All yeah, of those being a better, just be a better human, okay? And you'll be fine. Those things have a much greater impact on your overall sales and well-being than, you know one feature on one software that you happen to pay for. For real. So I think it's funny, like we're back full circle on like ConvertKit, who we moved to after like eight months of being in business, Webinar Jam, who we started with in the first month of business. We still use lead pages. We're still on Squarespace. Like it's just so funny to me. It's just a thing. It's just yep. a thing. So, you know, let's let's just talk about if we're talking about back in the day, let's talk about... This, and I, is, I, this is 2015, guys. It's just funny to me now. It's, it's, it's comical, not because it wasn't a good idea at the time. Does that make any sense? Like, I, even though I would call it a flop now, I feel like we had to do it anyway. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I mean, 100%. Like, it, 
what's funny is this is one of those instances where the reason why this was a flop and what we're talking about is our very first membership ever. We started it like, like six months into business. Right, right. Like very, very soon into business. Great idea, great products, great name, like nothing was wrong with it. But what's funny is that in 2015, there was not a membership site in an existence, like nowhere. If they existed, they were not marketed or suitable for businesses like ours. So we just like didn't hear about them or they were super expensive or something like that. And so the literal tech functionality made this idea a flop. I'm just thinking about piano. (laughs) Oh my God. Piano can suck it. I have never hated a company. And it's not that I don't even know who they are. Okay. So here's what (laughs) happened. We wanted to create a membership site, right? Yeah. At this point, there are no, like, there's no member vault. There's no member space. There's no teachable for like our type of business. There's none of that. Right. So we're like, cool, cool, cool. We want to stay on Squarespace. Because there were a couple plugins for WordPress, but we weren't moving our entire site over Hail just to for the this. no, we weren't going to WordPress. No, that's that's one area we put our foot down, and I'm that so glad we have. That was the one option I was not willing to You were like, nah. So we we're like, okay, cool. If we're going to keep this on Squarespace, and this was back when Squarespace, when you did a private or a password-protected page, everyone had the same password. I think that's even different now within Squarespace. So, like, so <laughs> we made a page on Squarespace. That was hidden and password protected. And we made the password this like stupid password that like everyone, like it made it seem like it was custom. It was like capital F, lowercase g, percent sign, number sign, 12 over, like it was ridiculous. But that was the same odd password for every single person. Well, once we started building membership, we were like, okay, well, that's not really secure. Like anyone can kind of get into that. So let's add like a paywall, right? And so let's block this people from viewing the site unless they can sign in. So there's this company that offered just a sliver of code that you put in on your site. And it's which, this by the way, was so hackable. Oh my God. You know how many sites we hacked? <laughs> It was insane. And so like we went from not... it was named something else before it was named Piano. What was it? Oh, it's going to come to me at some point. It it was junk and it was not secure. And we were like, I mean, we shut it down really quickly because it was legit, like not secure for people to put in their credit card info. Not that anything happened, but this company didn't pay for the the, like security on that particular product. I think what happened is it was like sold it got or like out. it got yeah. bought up and it got like put in this conglomerate tiny of other pass. that's tiny what it was pass. that's what it was it was tiny piano pass. bought tiny pass and piano forgot that this paywall membership thing even existed in the side of their company and it just sat there for like a year and they did nothing with it it may be totally different now it may be like the most legit thing ever but at the time it was not. And Do you so remember like for, trying to cancel members that yes. oh it, would, it, it kept was, charging them? It was such a nightmare. I mean, we were dealing for like probably close to a year when we moved everyone over to Teachable and we were like, fuck it. It's not going to be a membership. This is just going to be a course because we can't handle the tech part of this. Moving everyone over manually, the amount of students we lost, the, like, oh, it, that was just such a headache. Another reason why you should just pick a program and stick with it the whole time. I'm not saying we should have stuck with that, but I'm saying 
We should have just moving over. Yeah. Held well, our and panties. here's exactly why we, no, now I'm remembering things. Here's exactly why we use tiny pass instead of teachable because tiny pass only charged you when members signed up and paid like they charged you a fee and teachable was a monthly reoccurring fee. And we did not believe strongly enough in our own products to sell a certain amount every month to make up for that cost. So we could have gone to teachable from the get go within that membership. I don't think it would have been set up properly. It wasn't membership set up. I'm saying we could have done it for a course. Sure. But we were so cheap. Yeah, we, we did this cheap. Or I was always cheap. ass paywall. Anyways. I don't think at the time they had subscription options. No, they did not. Like you they had did payment not. plans or a pay in full kind of thing. Anyway, nonetheless, a lot of lessons learned there. I think the big thing is I love the bootstrapping mentality of an entrepreneur who's just getting started, but you have to understand when you've reached your limit of this is ridiculous and is either making a bigger mess or like is making you look bad. And I don't think from the outside looking in, people really knew how messy it was. But we could have gotten in big trouble with the lack of security on people's financial information. We could have... It was a mentor of ours who literally DM'd me or private messaged me on Facebook and was like, just so you know, when I go to your membership site and that paywall, like, that paywall pops up, it's not secure. Like, So you can check that on a website where you, it says HTTPS. If that S is missing, that site is not secure, meaning any information you give that site, your password, your email, your credit card information could potentially be like stored somewhere else or like it's not protected, it's not encrypted, all of that stuff that I know nothing about. But she was like, hey, you really need to consider not doing this. And I was like, oh, okay, thank you for that advice. We will shut it down. So we did. But so I'll follow this up by saying, Two and a half years later, two years later, it was the perfect time for a membership. Technology had reached up to what we wanted it to do. We were ready to maintain it. Our membership is thriving. It's Gold Crusher Club. In case you haven't heard of it, you should join it. It's awesome. So lesson turned into a product. This is like giving me anxiety, guys. I know. I'm like, oh, God, that was stressful. Okay, next. (laughs) (laughs) So... This is one of those things where I don't think there's anything wrong with the strategy. And perhaps there was nothing wrong with the execution. Either timing was off or we had like a messaging problem or... What are you specifically talking about on this note? Last June, July. Oh, sure. Okay. So last summer, I I couldn't tell you if it was June or July. It's irrelevant. We did a live launch. And in that live launch, we decided to do a challenge to get people excited, to get people signed up, to get people encouraged so that four or five days later, because I don't remember which size challenge we did, we would have a webinar and pitch to sale. Now, giant caveat, we had done the exact same thing multiple times in the past and made rather large sums of money. And this time we did the <laughs> This time ex- the universe is like, how about you owe me money? Yeah, we we lost a lot of money that month. 
And I think this might be the first time I'm admitting on I almost said live television. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here first. I'm admitting on the airwaves that there have been months where Emily and I lost money. Several of them. Yep. And that's like a whole nother thing that I'm not ready to talk (laughs) about. We'll get there. But because of that particular launch, we did lose money that month. And that sale was a giant waste of our time. But I'm trying. I'm really, really, really trying. Like, what are the actionable things I could have noticed and that could have helped? And I think the only thing I can think of as of right now which is hard because me saying this basically contradicts why it worked before. (laughs) But I really think there was a disconnect between doing the challenge and making coming to the webinar, having this sense of it being mandatory for the people participating. Because if you remember correctly, we had a ton, like thousands and thousands and thousands of people in the challenge. And the number of people that signed up and ultimately came to the webinar was very sad. <laughs> I can't, I can't even remember that conversion because I blocked it out. I, I blocked out a lot of last summer. I will. <laughs> it didn't I think happen. I was drunk all of last summer because of all of <laughs> and it took us so we're like without getting into super hard numbers just because we're not ready for that it took us what six months to get back was it six or three it depends on how you define back to normal we had a lot of we had a lot of ground to make up you know and i will say this i think there's some people And I'm not going to name names because honestly, I don't know. This is like something that people do not talk about. There are some people that chase revenue. They just chase the money. I want to make as much money as possible, but they could care less what their profit is. And ultimately, if you listen to our recent episode where we talked about our team, I care a shit ton about those people. And so... Yes, I love Emily and I want to make sure her and I make as much money as possible. But I also have 20 mouths to feed. Yeah. Well, yeah. Profit is king. That's it. You could make a million dollars in a year in your business and not bring any of that home. Say that again. <laughs> you, could, you're, you could make a million dollars in your business in a year and not bring any of it home. Mm-hmm. So vanity metrics is not, it's, I don't care how much money you make. How much are you taking home? Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. 
including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get Get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. And so last year when it was a learning curve and when we did have months where we lost and we did have a giant launch or two that flopped for us, guess what? Abby and I still made the same amount of money that we did the year before, but brought home, brought home because we made a priority. Yeah. Okay. And we still paid our team. Someone still got a bonus. Like all great things still happened. Okay. So like, I want you to hear us when we say, yes, there was a lot of mistakes and learning curves and whatever, right? But our business prioritizes profit over anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the way we've shifted our team since then, not necessarily the people, but the mentality, the focus, the what are we going towards? Yes. I am constantly looking at return on investment. Yep. Like every, literally every day. Are we seeing back what we're putting out into the world? Is it worth my time? Is it worth hiring so and so? Like, what are they doing for me? And I'm, and I say that to say because our business has grown to a point which this sounds almost laughable to me at this point, 
But literally for us to just pay our people and pay our basic bills like that are reoccurring, we have to make a minimum of $30,000 a month. I need you guys to hear that. We get, we've gotten this question before too. So this is like your Easter egg in this episode. We have to make how much? Just to pay our people and just to pay our reoccurring bills, we have to make a minimum of $30,000 per month. Per month, you guys. That's before we can see profit. <laughs> it's just a lot of pressure. <laughs> Can you feel me blinking? (laughs) So it's a lot, right? And so the way that we sell has to be very strategic and the way that we launch and the way that we promote and everything in between, because like we, it costs us a lot to have something that doesn't work. Right. And so, you know, well, and I think just to take some more out of that is you can, I really want you to consider because if you had asked me a couple of years ago, What I am pursuing at this point in my business is not at all what I thought I wanted. Like, I wanted when we started to make as much money as possible with the least amount of overhead. And I taught Emily, she learned my ways. How can we make the most amount of money possible with the least amount of overhead? I talked her out of buying programs. I talked her out of buying software because I wanted to be as lean as possible. I was taught to be frugal as a child, not because I feared growth. And I mean, I definitely think there's some fear in there, like looking back, but a lot of it was to protect us because the more of our revenue we can keep is the less dollars we have to add up on top of that. Yeah. So that's a whole other lesson. <laughs> I, I probably right. need a whole podcast episode for that. But <laughs> jumping into our next flop, tell me yeah. about this one. So this one is funny. There's no like real particular instance for us where I can be like, oh, this one time it blew up in our face. But I think as a marketing strategy and as something I'm sure works for at least somebody listening, because I know it works for other people. But you know how sometimes there's just like strategies that you try over and over again in your business and you're like, that still won't work for me. For us, that's down sales. Doesn't work. We've tried it in every variation you can think. We've tried using different softwares that have like these crazy high conversions of down sales. Still didn't work for us. We tried it in emails and on splash pages and reminding people and sending them. Like we've literally done everything. And everyone is just like, nah, I'm good. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> so I think it's just funny. I don't know what it is about our audience, but they're when they're done buying, they're done buying for that day. I don't know. I feel like there are people that have like really mastered, not necessarily down sales, but just like mastered the game of if you go here, this will happen Uh and then you'll get this and whatever. I feel like if I were to name names, screw the nine to five. Like if you go to their website once you, I guarantee you will buy something in the next 24 hours. So good at it. So good at it. I have no idea the level of intricacy that they have set up. Because it 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 in it's email, it's Facebook ads, it's everything. Like it's like all you see all of a sudden, and probably just me talking out loud about screw the nine to five. I mean, that's all I see for the next twenty four hours. But they can hear you. (laughs) But seriously, I want down sales to work, and I do think it's something we will continue to try because honestly, it's of all the flops we're talking about. 
it's not really something we've less lost money on. Other, It's more like lost opportunity. Like, that could have worked, but it didn't. So whatever. But there, I don't ever feel like we invested a ton of money or time into setting something up where I felt like it wasn't worth it. This next one is funny to me. We talked about this a little bit today. I don't even remember with who. Maybe just each other. We have dropped the ball on marketing that just works. I... (laughs) Okay, so here's what she's talking about. We used to be really good at Instagram. And And Pinterest. I'm just breaking them down one by one. Oh, sorry. And we could see a very consistent increase in followers. We could see when we posted about X that sales or signups would increase. We would see direct correlation to our intention on that platform. Same thing with Pinterest. We would blog. We had a great Pinterest strategy. We would see every single month, like our repins and our clicks and traffic to our website were increasing. We could see popular pins, all of it, right? And then it was like one day we both woke up and we just gave giant middle fingers to Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, and and everything in between. And we're like, you know what? Fuck it. You've worked for us for so long. We just don't want to pay attention to you anymore. And so we did that for over a year. And we are just now crawling out of our cave of being like, okay, like little meerkats. Like what social media? What is Instagram still a thing? Oh, okay. So now we have luckily brought on someone to help us with this. But for the longest, again, it's not necessarily a flop, but a giant missed opportunity. Yeah. And it's one of those things where you can't beat yourself up about it. Mm -hmm. You cannot go down the rabbit hole of being like, well, if we've been paying attention, just imagine where we could be now. Like, it's just, it's one of those games that's not going to serve anybody. But it's just like, what were we doing? Healing, like getting, taking time. I mean, it all goes back to our the experiment I told Parker about that I've mentioned on the podcast once or twice that we tried to figure out how to make as much as possible last year doing the least amount possible, which meant that we lost, we lost some, some traction and some momentum. We, we made, you know, we made more than the year before. Our profit was down, however, but Emily and I got to bring home the same amount. And, you know, if that meant I could take a year off from working quite as hard, whatever, it was worth it to me at the time. Do I still have a desire to like go after those things and not necessarily perfect them? I don't want to be the Instagram queen or the YouTube no. star or whatever. No. I really don't have a desire to do that. I want to utilize tools that exist and that are out there to capture what I can organically to increase sales so I can take better care of my team. Yep. Yeah. That's really what yeah. it's all about. I yep. I don't need fandom. Like that's not what no. it's for. No. No. I want less people to talk to me. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Okay. Oh, this one. You talked to me about this one. Okay. So this is back before Emily and I started selling courses. So for those of you who are unfamiliar, please go back all the way and listen to the first couple episodes of the podcast. But long story short, we started as 
the most basic terms I can come up with, like a marketing agency, right? Like we did website design, branding, and photography. And at one point or another, Emily and I were both burnt out, but we needed to put food on the table. We needed to take care of our family. And so we jacked up our prices almost to the point where now, like looking back, I'm like, how did I get away with that? I do, I do oh, not know. Oh, it was know. a very like, who did we think we were? <laughs> <laughs> but I would sell I, – because I really – honestly, I've never really had a problem selling. Like selling one to many has been a learning curve, and I'm good at it. I know I can be great at it. There's still like room to grow there. But selling one to one, no problem. Easy peasy. Why do you think at 16, I was so good at getting credit card signups for people who didn't need credit cards? Oh my God, I was so good at that. (laughs) I was like credit card leader at Express. Yeah. Get this credit card, girl. You need this card again. Oh my God, you need three. (laughs) Different different story for a different day. But (laughs) we can sell. The The ability to sell someone on something is not the problem. But I will say there was a few times where I, not that we screwed up. I don't think we screwed up, but I, we sold things to clients at a very high price that I really had no interest in working with. Right. It's not that we, we messed up. We delivered. We, we got, they are so happy. They got exactly what we promised them and we, we knew that we could. I think and it wasn't even that they were bad people. They were just like no, not ideal no. clients. And I, I just didn't really care. <laughs> and I, th- I think where Abby's coming from is like, we, they paid us exactly what they should have paid us. What they got was incredible. I'm not mad about the price. There, there's no correlation between, oh, we were only in business this long. So you only get to charge that amount. No. Like I am not, that is not what's happening here. But it was one of those things where like one of our feet was already out the door. Yeah. And so like we should have been like making I don't know, different decisions about how we were working with people just for the sake of their experience long term. But I mean it is what it is. I don't think any of them are unhappy. No. I don't think so either. It's funny how many of them aren't in business anymore, but that's not our problem. No. Their pictures were baller, so <laughs> Well, the salsa <laughs> company they still use everything. It still looks legit. As they should. Those images I want to eat through my screen every time I see I know, them. I'm like, man. That was like my that was my favorite session. It was. That was my favorite too. Okay. So two more things really quickly before we go. All right. <laughs> we have learned that while webinars are like our favorite way of selling. Yeah. And we are so good at them. Seriously, we are so good at webinars. I, I like we us. Can, I like us on webinars. We banter. Our deck is great. Our Although some of, people think we go on tangents or something. So I don't give two shits about those people. <laughs> so <laughs> we're really good, right? So as soon as we started like evergreening a couple of our products, the options to us were have one more live webinar using your kind of new evergreen method of selling or record this webinar just on your own with no audience and then you know, pop it up in your funnel. They're both the same webinar. One has an audience and one doesn't. 
And so we're like, cool, cool, cool. We want this like funnel started yesterday. So Abby, let's just schedule this webinar on our own time. We'll record it tomorrow. We'll get it up. We'll just sit in our office and we'll do it. <laughs> we did not quite realize how much we feed off of a live audience and the, the comments and the engagement and the feedback that we get, like the check-in that there's another human there. Like, I don't know how we do this so well on the podcast, maybe because we're not selling you something. I don't really know, but I feel like it's a little bit different, but it, it was just like, oh my God, that was so awkward and so uncomfortable. So we scratched it, didn't use it. And we're like, let's do this live to just like a small private audience. I don't care if there's six people there. Like it doesn't matter how many people, there just needs to be other bodies there. And so we re-recorded it for a live audience and it was great. And we ha- we will never, ever record a webinar privately ever oh, again. Oh, heck no. So the main learning there is understanding where you perform best. In the same way that Emily prefers writing in a busy coffee shop and I prefer dead silence, like that is just being self-aware. Like, so us recording a webinar with other people watching, that's us being self-aware. Being self-aware is really crucial when you're running a business. And someone even (laughs) called me out on it the other day. She's like, you're just so self-aware. I was like, that's a very weird thing to say to someone. But (laughs) thank you. But thanks. But truly, it's important. Oh, I know what she said. She said, have you considered therapy? (laughs) Who said that? Oh, for you being a therapist? No, sh- no. Oh. She said I needed to go to therapy. And then I said, oh, I like journal about my thoughts and feelings. And she's like, oh, you're just so self-aware. Anyway, totally. Oh. Well, you do need to go to therapy also. Uh- <laughs> I've told you this for years. <laughs> On an unrelated note. <laughs> Everyone, go to therapy for the love. It's true. What are you doing with your lives? It's true. Okay. This last one is just almost comical to me. At this point, it wasn't comical at the time. I was very pissed. And if you have listened for any period of time, you know, I don't really get mad like ever. She's not like me where everything is dramatic and life ending. <laughs> yeah. Emily almost bit her husband's head off today. Or oh was my it? God. <laughs> <laughs> Just because he said something that she didn't agree with. Anyway, besides the point, he was wrong. I did not agree (laughs) with it. It was literally wrong. Oh my God. Okay. (laughs) I am way more passive aggressive. Let's just put it that way. So we're just going to go back in time to July. I'm also going to remind you that you have like four minutes to tell this story. So I got it. It'll be fine. <laughs> it w- let's just say I okay. I replaced my corporate income in thirty days, July, which was a couple of months later because I started in March or April or something like that. I made all of seventy five dollars, and the client I had hired or had hired me the month before, um, we ended up in a giant dispute over scope which if you guys aren't familiar with scope, you need a contract and you need to define what you're willing to do for someone and vice versa. She thought that I needed to be doing something specific. I disagreed. I said, if I need to do that, it will be more. Long story short, she threatened to sue me and we parted ways. What a turd. 
And then she tried to add me back as a friend on Facebook like what a year ago. A double turd. <laughs> did you let did you leave her lingering in the pending abyss? Yeah. She's been in Good the pending for abyss for a long time. Although Good for you. I keep letting other people pin in front of her. Not because I don't want to add other friends, but just because I don't want her to be the first thing I see every time I open oh, my friend request. Here's what I almost accidentally did the other day. I like accept no friend requests on Facebook. So don't, I mean, I just don't. But sometimes I do, like very rarely, if I actually had a personal connection with you, I will. Well, so I was scrolling the other day and I accepted a friend request. And then I was looking and the very next friend request down was from like three years ago. And I was like, oh my, like I almost clicked it. And I'm like, uh, how super awkward and creepy would that be to be like, Emily approved your friend request. And you're like, when did I ask to be her friend? Because <laughs> you did it like a decade ago and I'm just now <laughs> getting to it. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. So I the, the almost getting sued thing, I will just say, and then we got to go because we got other things to do today. And this was a long episode. <laughs> Please. And I did. So I was okay. Please, for the love of God, use contracts. Please define what you're doing for other people for money. Please get them signed. Please protect your booty. Please go to therapy. Please floss your teeth. <laughs> please wear a seatbelt. Please. So many things I wish you guys would do. Please subscribe and review the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.